0: I'm Megan Bob, and I'm here to understand the mysteries of wrestling.
1: And I'm Miles, and I'm here to help with the aid of my favorite wrestling show. This is The Next Wrestling Fan, an NXT review podcast for would-be wrestling fans who don't know where to start.
0: And current wrestling fans who want to relive the magic of that first time.
1: This week... We injure our knees, calling out the episode (laughs) of NXT that originally aired on November 27th, 2014.
0: It's very easy to injure a knee.
1: Yeah, my knees are already very injured, so this is not a surprise. This episode gives us a little break from the scorching hot Zayn-Neville feud. A little chance to catch our breath and devote our time instead to uh, tag tag team stuff? Maybe. What the hell? What? (laughs) What's going on here? Welcome to episode 80 of The Next Wrestling Fan, a podcast of fights and fields. Last episode, the storyline between Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville got deeper and more personal than ever before. (laughs) This episode, we're not worried about them. Nope. Don't worry about them, they're not around. We have different stuff to deal with, like what all the tag teams are doing, and if you think that means Jason Jordan is investigating something... Goddamn right, Jason Jordan's investigating something.
0: Yeah!
1: We'll hear all about that and everything else happening on this episode in Bob's Breakdown, after which we will dig into the sights, sounds, and feels of pro wrestling. We'll also be handing out the Bull Olivier Award for Outstanding Commitment to the Bit to one or more wrestlers, neither of whom will be Sami Zayn or Adrian Neville. We know that this time.
0: I know, it's weird. I bet we still agree.
1: Yeah, probably. But since we can't, in good faith, get through a single episode without mentioning them at least a little bit, their names will come up in wrestling term of the week. After which, we will finish off our show with another edition of the Cheap Pop Quiz. But first, it's time to get the answers to last episode's Cheap Pop Quiz. Bob has been stuck at two points for a while now. Uh, going very slowly on this round of quizzing, Bob. It's okay. (laughs) I asked them questions last time about... They were all about sort of like how NXT's storylines were going to go. So let's see uh, how Bob did on that subject. Question number one. On this episode, meaning the last episode, Charlotte warned Bailey to stay away from Sasha next week. How does Bailey interpret that advice? (laughs) Is it A, she goes out to the ring and calls Sasha and Becky out directly, leading to the two of them coming out to beat her up? B, she goes to the ring and and cuts a vague promo about standing up against bullies, which brings out Sasha and Becky who come out and beat her up. C. She hunts Sasha and Becky down backstage and attacks them, but is overpowered and gets beaten up. D. Sasha and Becky try to beat up Bailey after her match with Alexa Bliss, but Bailey heeds Charlotte's advice and avoids them. Or E. No idea. None of the women in question appear on the next episode. Bob? You went with B. She goes to the ring and cuts a vague promo about bullies, uh, which brings out Sasha and Becky to come beat her up. And you were correct. It's somehow, as I recall, you reasoned that one out very nicely.
0: Did I? Oh, wow.
1: I mean, that's my memory. I don't know for sure.
0: It's interesting that I remember none of this. So it's a fresh surprise <laughs> to me every time.
1: Question number two. What additional shenanigans do the VOD villains have in store for the Lucha Dragons on the next episode? Is it A, nothing too creative, they just attack them after the Lucha Dragons match with Jason Jordan and Ty Dillinger. B, they come out to the ring for the Lucha Dragons match with Jordan and Dillinger, and perform exaggerated pantomime every time something bad happens to the dragons. C, Aiden English returns to his roots and performs an anti-Lucha Dragons musical number in the ring while Simon Gotch acts out the lyrics behind him. D. They film an entire black-and-white short film in which they stop the Lucha Dragons from blowing up a bank with dynamite, complete with old-school dialogue cards. (laughs) Or E. Nothing. Neither team appears on the next episode. Bob... You went with D, the black and white short film, and at the time, I recall very well, you were like, it's not going to be this, but I want it to be, so I'm picking it, which is so frequently how you make your choices.
2: In this case,
0: you were correct. It's amazing how every now and then, if you just really, really want something, that you can get it. Just every now and then. Not often, but every now and then. (laughs) And question
1: number three, after all the drama from last episode, what happens on the next episode to advance the story of Adrian Neville and Sami Zayn? A, they have a contract signing that ends when Zayn slaps Neville in the face. B, they have a contract signing that ends when Neville slaps Zayn in the face. C, Neville tries to back out of the proposed championship match TakeOver, despite having previously agreed to it. D, Neville and Zane compete in a beat-the-clock challenge to determine who will choose the stipulation for their championship match at TakeOver. Or E, neither man appears on the next episode because you need some goddamn breathing room when the air is this thick with sexual tension. Bob, you went with E, that neither of them were going to be here, and as we all know, that is correct. You have swept this cheap pop quiz. (laughs) Oh my god.
0: I don't know how I did that, but go past me.
1: You understand storytelling and you're starting to understand how NXT storytelling works, I think. And so I made the foolish decision to make all the questions (laughs) about where the story was going. Oh, okay. And you nailed it. You nailed it, Bob.
0: Yeah, if you ask me about a finish of a match, I'm not usually as good at that. So there's a little tip for you. You may have noticed.
1: But where the story is going, you have a good read on it a lot of the time.
0: Yeah, fuck yeah.
1: Yeah, so well done, Bob. Five points now uh, going into... Oh no. This new episode of the Cheap Pop Quiz, but that's for later. For now, let's jump in to Bob's breakdown.
0: This a very special episode it's very special <laughs> in that i forgot i hadn't watched it before <laughs> until right before recording whereas normally i would watch him before and then go back and rewatch it to write the breakdown this time i was like wait a fucking second i'm familiar with none of this so this <laughs> breakdown happened as i watched it for the first time okay cold fucking open It's Tyler Breeze here to make us all very sad that faux fur ever went out of fashion. If you're wondering which color it is, it's pink and black. It's real cute. Guys, his phone has never looked fluffier. That phone just got a Brazilian blowout and is living its best life. (laughs) Yes, the Brazilian blowout does sound like a sex thing. And we're going to take five seconds and just think about what it could be. No, no, you cannot tell anyone what you think it is.
1: No, I wasn't going to. I was just... Okay,
0: good. Because if you tell anybody, it won't come true. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to keep it a secret in your heart. And then maybe someday you'll be lucky enough to receive a beside out- a
2: <laughs> Or
0: unlucky enough. Depends on what you thought it was. By the way, our commentary team for this episode is Rich Brennan, Renee Young, and Jason Albert.
1: Yeah, which is, is fine.
0: Yeah. Tyler Breeze is going to wrestle Marcus Louis, who enters with a towel over his head, holding it periodically and looking bewildered. As though he's on a hallucinogen and thinks that the towel is protecting him from the pink gnomes who want to eat his dreams. (laughs) Tyler Breeze is grimacing more than he usually does. Oh shit, he's getting on the mic. Fuck, oh no, oh no. He can't believe he's expected to wrestle someone so hideous. Also, he says he's not interested in doing a Lord of the Rings reenactment where Marcus Louis is Gollum and Tyler Breeze is the Precious. What?
1: Yes, he does. The
0: fuck kind of conversation <laughs> did they have before this match? What kind of come on preceded turning down what I would perceive as a highly specific sex fantasy that he is just going <laughs> like, no, we're not doing that. Okay, also, Miles. Yes. Scale of 1 to 10, I don't need any details, just a gut reaction. How into, scale of 1 to 10, how into sexy roleplay of Gollum and the Precious would you personally be?
1: I'd go with, like, 1.
0: Okay, okay. I guess you could put
1: it at a 0. Like, I'm not going to go into the negatives with it, but uh, yeah, no, definitely not. Gollum's relationship with the Precious is not at all sexy from any perspective to me.
0: I'm going to give it a 2. Okay. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Why? I think there's potential there. I think you could do something with it. I'm not sold. Okay. You know what? Okay. Let me put it this way. I think anything can be a 10 if you do the right things and if you have a good sense of storytelling.
2: Mm. So
0: I have the vision to believe that it could be, but just like baseline, I'm willing to give it a two as in it's made it onto the list of like, okay, this is worthy of my consideration for five seconds. I will think about this. Okay.
1: All right. Well, I'm not going to say you've convinced oh, me, no. but I appreciate your perspective.
0: No, I certainly don't see this as something that I would out like. just go, you know, that's really important to me that I add this to my life. <laughs> no, it's it's not there. <laughs> so Breeze almost vomits in his mouth. He then pulls the towel off Marcus the so the whole crowd can see what the hell he's being expected to put up with. And he then starts doing miles.
1: Yes. It, this
0: is just shame kink now i know tyler breeze is just screaming at marcus lee about how hideous he is and makes a point of saying quote you don't get to touch prince pretty tonight miles <laughs> my eyebrows shot up that is a very interesting way to phrase things
1: on a scale of one to ten bob uh-huh. <laughs> how interested would you be In Tyler Breeze, Marcus Louis fanfic after this episode.
0: Ooh, I mean, if they're going to get into like some weird like shame kink stuff, fine. Like I'll click subscribe on your fanfic. But if this is going to be like (laughs) they go backstage afterwards and then it's all like soft focus, fuck that. No, I don't believe that for a second. Tyler Breeze doesn't have a soft focus bone in his body. I mean, except whenever it comes to like, you know using filters on his phone but no it would have to be some very hard-hitting shit for me to go like yes i would believe it and be interested
1: no i can see that
0: seven seven or eight all right all right fair enough i want to be very clear I will not read a fic of this if it is over 10,000 words. Absolutely not. (laughs) I have some self-respect. I have other things in my life that I need to do more than I need to read more than that.
1: You're only a human being, for God's sake.
0: I'm not going to read a 50,000-word fanfic of this. Fair enough. Oh, the other thing he does. He then yells that no one will ever love Marcus Louis, and he's disgusting. And then Breeze hits him with the beauty shot, pins Louis, and then leaves. Louis goes into shock and then goes a bit feral, screaming "You!" again because that's what he does. And he grabs the vest that Breeze left behind and screams some more until the crowd starts chanting. This is awkward. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> we cut to commercial, and when we come back, we get footage of Mark Swee wandering out of the arena and out of the performance center in a trance.
1: Yes, we do. <laughs>
0: He's not, it continues to kill me like
1: Breeze is running him down the whole time. And like, he's got this like blank look on his face. And when he's not like scrunching up his face, he looks fine. Yeah. There's
0: nothing wrong with him. I don't know. Somebody was working through some shit with this. This is weird. Yeah.
1: It feels that way to me too.
0: <laughs> look, you've got needs. I get it. Maybe the NXT universe isn't the place to be airing them, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> Match number two Enzo and Cass enter a hype man for Carmella, who lets everyone know that she's the princess of Staten Island. I can't really do a Staten Island accent. And that every other woman in the locker room needs to watch their backs, and the audience starts chanting for Blue Pants. Beautiful. Yeah, it's great. And then, like a dream, Blue Pants comes back. So very excited. So, Leva Bates is here to get her few seconds of stardom. Blue Pants is sadly destroyed with a dropkick and Carmella's sexy leg submission finisher. But I have to ask Miles... How many weeks away am I from downloading Carmella's theme song and dancing around to it? Because I feel like this is imminent. But I've
1: already done it, so I'm just waiting for you to catch up at this point.
0: Oh, wow. I didn't expect to be, like, behind the curve. Shit. All right, fine. I guess I'll download it today. Uh, if you go back
1: and check the record, I'm pretty sure I had her theme song as, like, something my Vulcaneers heard once, because I really like her theme song. No, you
0: did. You <laughs> did. But I just am, like, it's starting to hit me, and I'm... I haven't downloaded it yet, but I feel like it's coming for me.
1: I feel like it's coming too. Absolutely.
0: Backstage. Fuck me. Just fucking hell. God damn it. (laughs) Finn Balor is not my type. Let me be clear on that. He is not my type. Okay. He's too beautiful. However, he is so beautiful That he circles back around again and becomes my type again because I have eyes. Right. Yes. When I see perfection in human form, I am moved by it nonetheless. He is the most perfectly beautiful thing in the goddamn world. And then he opens his mouth and that little precious Bray accent falls out.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Miles, I died. (laughs) He tore off a piece of tape with his teeth. Twice. (laughs) I don't know what he said in that backstage interview. I don't know, Miles. Do you know what happened in it? Because I certainly don't.
1: Honestly, I I don't recall.
0: <laughs> well, you heard it here first. Finn Balor, beautiful man, said something. But goddamn if we know what it was.
1: I was busy looking at him.
0: That's the fucking problem. Look,
1: how do you think I
0: feel? I have heard several people who are not generally into men say... Yeah, but Finn Balor is kind of like in his own category. No, I'm not into men, but I am into Finn Balor because it would be like not being into, I don't know, breathing.
1: Right, exactly. They have put him in pants as we record this. uh, If you're watching Raw Mm -hmm. and Smackdown, Balor is now wearing pants instead of the little, uh, little underwear spandex. How's
0: that going for him?
1: it's a hell of a heel move
0: to take away those thighs yeah
1: yeah it was hard to buy balor as a heel when he was still just like showing you his dick all the time because like what kind of heel would do that none of them
0: i mean they're notoriously selfish (laughs) whereas he was out here being generous a real face and going like yes you, you may gaze upon my dick you're welcome
1: exactly but now he's like oh I have to take this away from you so you'll boo me.
0: I mean, I'm ready to boo him right now. (laughs) Give me back that (laughs) dick out, motherfucker. (laughs) Why do you think I'm watching Raw, for fuck's sake, if not to see that?
1: I think his promo was fairly generic as well. Like, I think he was just like, ah, the Ascension are gonna lose, or maybe Tyson Kidd, I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's how much attention we were paying. Look, he's just too pretty. <laughs> I know. Maybe someday we'll see Finn Balor do a little backstage thing or a promo and we'll hear him. But I don't think that's going to happen.
1: It is not this day. <laughs>
0: it is not this day. Match number three, Lucha Dragons versus Ty Dillinger and Jason Jordan. They still don't have a name. Nope. But they're fucking adorable. They're beating up Sin Cara, and then Jason Jordan is mean and does a fakey, lucha, lucha, arm wave before shoving Sin Cara out of the ring like he's shoving a dust bunny under the bed. And we've all been there. Sometimes you don't want to fucking vacuum. Totally. So, Most of the time, actually. Yeah, right? That's why you get rugs. It's just it's a place <laughs> to put your dust bunnies. <laughs> Kalisto gets tagged in and wrecks shop on both Jordan and Dillinger before finishing off Jordan with Salida del Sol. And... This is unfortunate. I never like to see Jason Jordan troubled like this. Unless it perhaps served a bigger goal or was an inspiration of some kind of this young man. Mm. Miles, let's turn to the continuing adventures of Jason Jordan Wrestling Detective.
1: I had figured out that somebody was trying to keep me away from the NXT Tag Team Championships, but I didn't know who. Or why. All I knew was that they had dropped Ty Dillinger in my lap like a wet bag of fish heads. <laughs> hoping he'd trip me up and make me stink. <sighs> and sure enough, another week, another match, another screw up from my so called partner. We'd got a match with the champs, the Lucha Dragons, and I was hoping to take the opportunity to get a better look at the gold. But I had to drop kick some masked mugs first to do it, and when Ty let one of them slip his grasp, I nailed him right in his cheese eater instead. Typical tie. And yeah, I was the one that got pinned this time. That Salida soul really does a number on the back of a guy's headlifter. But it was still a Dillinger mistake that got us into the mess to begin with. So there I was, no win, no clues, and a hot, muggy Florida evening that made it hard to keep an ice pack together. <sighs> Sitting in my office, cold water running down my back in a way that was uncomfortable, but not quite enough to do anything about when it hit me. I reached for my notes, my copious notes, on all of that evening's happenings. Lots of tag team action. An Mm. unusual amount of tag team action. Only, none of it had anything to do with the tag team division. Itami's issues with the vamps were entirely personal, and Balor had been in a singles match tonight against a singles guy. Enzo and Cass hanging out with Carmella during her match again. The VOD villains were the only ones who seemed interested in the championships, and they were too busy making perfectly normal, period-appropriate films to actually wrestle any matches. And of course there was me and Ty. We didn't even have a name. (sighs) Something was going on here. The tag team division had been growing lately, but it had also somehow been falling apart. And I had a feeling I knew who was responsible. Or at least, I knew who knew. The freezing cold water had just reached my poop pusher when I wasn't paying attention.
2: <laughs> I hate you.
1: Okay. Shopping me back to the present. Jesus, fuck. For the time being, I had to focus on drying my gear so nobody would comment on my butt on the podcast eight years from now. But the pieces were falling into place, and I knew my next move. Bob? Jesus
0: Christ
1: do you have any ideas about what Jason Jordan is investigating
0: I mean I wrote this in a fugue states but <laughs> I mean I feel him in this moment Okay. you know a man can get used to anything vampires, haunted mirrors Ty's love of blasting Bop" while doing reps <laughs> but getting used to something changes you and I'm not sure I like who I'm changing into The guy that loses to the lucha dragons, they aren't even real dragons. (laughs) I think the mystery here is what am I doing? Where am I going? Sure, I solved the mystery of where Ty left his Starbucks on the roof of the car. (laughs) But the real mystery here is deeper. What's my purpose? I looked across the ring from tonight to see these lucha dragons and I thought, why these guys? What's so special about them that they've got the titles? Let me tell you, I don't think this is about them being special. Doesn't something about their title reign feel a little off, mm. a little odd? I think there's something more at work here, something unnatural. Do you see the way that tiny Callisto guy explodes with energy when he's tagged in? Sure, it could be drugs. <laughs> Bath salts are complimentary in Florida. <laughs> I don't think so, though. I think he's drawing power from somewhere. A human being doesn't move like that. A human being doesn't bounce like Tigger after five shots of espresso. Somewhere in this performance center, there's an answer. And there's probably an ancient relic. Maybe a lich? God damn it. If I see another phylactery in this state, I'm going to move to Wyoming.
1: (laughs) Man, now I'm upset we didn't have Jason Jordan in Lucha Underground.
0: (laughs) He'd be very good in Lucha Underground. Yeah. Promo! It is Kevin Owens. Mm. And KO is 1,000% my type. (laughs) (laughs) I have a lot of type. Y'all listen to Hard Choices. You know how many types I have. Yeah. But frick, he's a cute chonk, and I can't wait to see him do a wrestle. Oh, also, he's going to change everything, so good for him. I considered
1: whether or not we were going to do a Kevin Owens trading card, given that he's, like, kind of here and talking and stuff, but I think we're going to wait until his actual debut to do his trading card.
0: Yes, and I'm very excited about it. Me too. He's so freaking cute. He's like a little bear.
1: I love him so much. I will talk more about this at another time.
0: Okay, I'm excited.
1: But all I want to say... I love him so much.
0: <laughs> in-ring action. Well, in-ring something. <laughs> Lady Whistledown's match report? <laughs> lady bailey after a difficult encounter with miss lynch and miss banks chose to make a showing at the latest ball and declare quite publicly that such bullying tactics were not enough to discourage her she called out bullies as cowards and while that may well be true it would behoove one not to say it when one is outnumbered Hmm. you see lady charlotte is away at the moment And so when Miss Lynch and Miss Banks approached Lady Bailey to express their displeasure, there was truly only one way this could end. It was much to this writer's relief that several footmen intervened before Lady (laughs) Bailey was rendered unconscious. (laughs) We shall wait to see what Lady Charlotte makes of this upon her return to the town. I like it. I like it. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to go. I'm very curious if Charlotte's going to be like, mad at bailey or if she's going to be like on bailey's side or Mm -hmm. i don't know i kind of want charlotte to be mad at bailey a little bit not like mean mad at bailey but just be like oh my god right i gave you one job what how did you screw this up you're my adorable gf and i can't trust you with anything (laughs) backstage marital strife (laughs) natalia is being asked about tyson's match with finn and by the way tyson Kidd is right the fuck there next to her (laughs) yeah she bigs him up, and then Tyson interrupts to say, uh, he's right here, and he's happy to talk about his prowess, and boy, does he. He calls Bret Hart, his uncle, to talk. He's like, I mean, he's my uncle. And he's like, oh, no, he's my uncle, too. I was like, okay, that's not how that works, but sure. <laughs> and says that there's a new hitman on the horizon. So, like, oof, big shoes to fill, buddy. All right. Natty goes to hug Tyson before he goes off for his match. But Tyson asks if she's checked on the cats. She's like, oh, yes, of course I checked on the cats. And then he insists he doesn't have time to hug her as he needs to go FaceTime with the cats before the match. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: so good. I do think that some of this was informed by, like, they were doing very cat-related things like on Instagram and possibly also on Total Divas. <sighs> so That's great. You would have gotten a little bit more out of the references to their cats if you had been a wrestling fan at the time if paying attention to that kind of thing, I believe.
0: I think Neil follows them on either the Twitters or on the Gram mm-hmm. and has seen many a picture of their cats yes. and their cats' palatial living situation. Regardless of not having context of it at the time, I feel like I understand who these people are. Absolutely. And it's adorable.
1: Yes, it is.
0: <laughs> Promo! It's a silent picture with the VOD villains answering a phone call from the commissioner. The Lucha Dragons are trying to rob the bank. With dynamite? Oh, no. The championship belts are in jeopardy. Well, that cannot be allowed to stand. But first, a training montage. So, (laughs) you know, they're doing various old-timey training things. Simon Gotch is fighting a bear. It's charming. I mean, he's not actually fighting a bear. And it's like footage of a bear. I just want to make sure to let you know that no current bears were harmed in the making of this. Only bears from stock footage were harmed in the making of this correct and then we see the dwarf lucha dragons ready to blow up the bank with dynamite but the vaude villains get the dynamite and sneak up behind him to put the dynamite down so that when they trigger it they are blown up but of course because this is an old-timey film they're fine they're just in custody now and the vaude villains have the titles fucking tremendous
1: They have, like, little Xs taped over their eyes, so maybe they're meant to be dead. I'm not sure.
0: Oh, no. Oh, no. That's terrible. I don't like that. No, I don't want... No, that's too sad. (laughs) I want it to be fine where everybody... You can get blown up like in a cartoon and then you just have like, you know, a small bandage around your head.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, we don't have to interpret it that way. The cops are probably just like giving them a little one of those little eye massages or whatever, you know?
0: (laughs) She just put some little cucumbers on there. Yeah. (laughs) we got to stick the cucumbers on there with tape. Otherwise, they'll fall off. (laughs) All right. Match four. The main event. Finn Balor versus Tyson Kidd. Match wrestling! Yeah. It's very good. It is good, Matt wrestling. And it's also very clear that Tyson Kidd went a little heavy on the bronzer, but <laughs> still looking pretty good, if a bit like someone spilled gravy base on him. <laughs> Tyson Kidd ends up on the outside after a dropkick from Finn, and Finn sees this as an opportunity to go through the ropes and take Kid to the ground, but Kidd bravely hides behind Natalia. Yes. So. Finn stops in his tracks, unwilling to risk Natty's well-being because he's a goddamn gentleman. Then back from commercial, Finn Balor is coming under fire and eats blow after blow, including an amazing kick from Kid, just as Balor is, like, jumping up to deliver a move of his own. And then also Kid does an Irish whip to hurl Finn into the corner and Balor sells it like he's got a deadly allergy to turnbuckles and is instantly dead. (laughs) It's such a good, like, just uh, deadfall. So beautiful. And then there's a wild moment when Kid has Balor in a hold and the ref is checking on him and going, Are you okay? Kid screams at the ref, Ask him in Irish. <laughs> okay?
1: Ask him in old Irish.
0: Yeah, I mean, for sure. I was very glad that he said Irish and not Gaelic. Yes. That's the whole thing. But I was very pleased nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> Earlier, I asked Neil to tell me how to say are you okay in Irish on the barest hope that I would be able to replicate it. He said it to me, and I instantly went, I will never be able to replicate that without at least 45 minutes of practice. So never mind, but thank you. I love you very much.
1: Man, we should have just have him on for every episode where Pallor's also here. (laughs)
0: Just so he can say, like, this is how you say a cool
1: thing. That'll be his entire role. How do you say this in Irish, fucking Neil? I know. Oh,
0: he would be so mad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He would just be very surly the entire time.
0: I mean, that's what I love about him. That's why I married him. Yeah, he's (laughs) a really, like, like, surly man. He's
1: a lovably surly guy. That's one of the ways I might describe Neil.
0: He's a grumpy soft.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: And I'm the sunshine.
1: I mean, look.
0: We are the grumpy sunshine pairing.
1: Y'all go together well.
0: Thank you. We try. All right. Balor does that awesome Pele kick where he looks like a video game character. Balor mm-hmm. then goes on a kick kick and he goes to the top for a double foot <laughs> stop, which is a cruel thing to do to anyone. I do not like the double foot stop because I'm like, one, it doesn't look that cool. Two, it's mean. <laughs> like you can do a mean thing, but it has to look cool. You can't just do a mean thing that's mean. And boring. I mean, if it's Finn Balor doing it, it's still kind of hot, so I guess that's <laughs> right. part of the Venn diagram. All right, this, <laughs> is getting, this calculus <laughs> equation is getting out of fucking control. I'm gonna put this down. So, <laughs> Kid rolls out of the way. He escapes this double foot stomp. Kid responds with an attempt at the sharpshooter and a diving elbow. Finn gets it together again and downs Kid before heading to the top rope once more. But the Ascension run into the ring and spoil it. Finn is down. Yeah, 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 as Balor is kicked, kicked, and kicked again. Then Hideo Itami runs in to defend Finn. It's chaos in the ring. Men are kicking and being kicked in quantities rarely seen outside of a street fighter tournament. <laughs> the referees get on the scene, but once the kicking starts, nothing can stop it. Nothing except the looming, take over our evolution. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun.
1: Alright, Bob. Thank you so much for that breakdown. What did you think of this episode overall with no Sammy or Adrian on there?
0: It was kind of great. Yeah? It was stupid as fuck. It was, yeah. But I missed this shit so bad. I missed this shit. My ideal would be if it was like Nothing but stupid shit, and then 15 minutes of high-quality shit. 15 minutes of high-quality shit, the rest is all dumb. And this was pretty much pure dumb. We didn't even have a full 10-minute match out of Kid and Balor. I think we had, like, eight minutes.
1: Yeah, they were doing serious wrestles while they were in there, but it didn't even have a proper finish, you know?
0: No, which I was grateful for because I loved it Whenever it's just like... Now all hell is broken loose and everything's dumb. Yay. And also the referees are failing to, you know, establish order. So it's just chaos. I love it. So I had weird feelings about this episode.
1: I was wondering about how much you would appreciate the dumb shit as opposed to like, we love Sammy and Neville. But, like, oh, fuck yeah. their stuff is very much like... This is good, like this is watching like an Academy Award-winning film type stuff, and you know, comparing it to other wrestling things. And sometimes you don't want to watch an Academy Award winning film, sometimes <laughs> you wanna watch fucking dumb dumbass movies, so
0: one hundred percent. Yeah, we'll get to it.
1: <laughs> Alright, well let's get to it. Let's get to the sights, sounds, and feels of pro wrestling. So, Megan, Bob, for this episode, what did your elf eyes see?
0: Natty's dress. (laughs) Yeah, man. Yeah, you did. It had a boob window, but it was a split boob window. So you were seeing the upper chest top of boob, but like separately, (laughs) which I don't know why that was such a like game changer, (laughs) but I was going, oh, they are separate, but also there together. I
1: only didn't pick that because I feel like I commented on her outfit, like her dress in a recent L5 segment, and I didn't want to just make it all about how hot she is, but goddamn,
0: I know. I was like, I'm gayer now that I've seen it. It's... (laughs) Claire Mulcairn before has on Hard Choices said, TNA does nothing for you. I want to rebut that and say TNA rarely does anything for me, but when it does, my soul is moved. Absolutely. And today, my soul was moved by that fucking split-view boob window dress. It was very hot. Yeah, God. Tyson Kidd is a lucky man. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. She's gonna sit here and think about that. (laughs) Miles, what did your elf eyes see?
1: I know that you liked the dumb bullshit at the end of the episode, Bob. Oh, yeah. And I'm not here to say you're wrong about that, because I also like a good wrestle brawl, you know, a good, like, the locker room empties out to, like, make sure the two <sighs> people or, in this case, the four people are separated. It's fine. What I don't like is when there's no climactic moment to end that segment, and they're just like, oh, gosh, we're out of time. Oh, okay. And they just end the show mm-hmm. like that. It used to happen a lot in sort of like mainstream WWF, WWE wrestling Mm. and also in some other promotions that used to do it a lot as well. And it just like it's fine. I just I didn't realize it was like, oh, the show's over. You know, it kind of gave you that weird feeling. I just don't love when they do that. I want some kind of like give me some image to end the show on. Right. Like even if you're going to do the disqualification finish. And have everybody run in and everything like that's fine. That's a good story beat. But like, like these people can't be separated, whatever. But like, give me an image to end the show on. Give me somebody's music playing something, you know?
0: Mm, I can understand that.
1: I guess maybe that's more of a feels, but I saw the what I saw was the show fading out at a moment where I really didn't want it to.
0: I completely understand that. I think that's a valid critique. I think I just haven't gotten sick of it yet.
1: That's fair. All right, Bob. What did your Vulcan ears hear?
0: The fact that Blue Pants doesn't even get entrance music. <laughs> it's just cast making, like, mouth sounds like... da da And, like, the audience is clapping along and it's fucking adorable. But there's no music for Blue Pants. There is just, you know, I don't know, dad beatboxing, I guess you'd call it. I don't know what to fucking call it.
1: I want to make something perfectly clear right now, yes. since you've brought this up. Everybody listening... If you tell Bob what Blue Pants' entrance music actually ends up being, I'll be very upset. You are going to let them discover that by themselves.
0: Okay. Ooh.
1: (laughs) I'm very excited about it.
0: Okay. Okay. I look forward to this. (laughs) All right, Miles, what did your Vulcan ears hear?
1: I enjoyed uh, Bailey's promo a lot, even though I, I did think it was funny. Like, I sort of wrote that question from the Cheap Pop Quiz sort of tongue-in-cheek where it's like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. she was told not to do anything, and here she is stupidly <laughs> standing out in the ring. It's very in-character for Bailey, where she's like, instead of, like, standing out in the ring and being like, Sasha and Becky, I hate you, she's like, I'm here to tell an inspirational story about <laughs> bullying, and then they're like, okay, we know who you're talking about, okay? <laughs> But uh, I don't know. I just really appreciated it. I thought it was very in character for her. I almost gave her my Borance Award.
0: Aww. Bob, what did your human heart feel? The weirdest public BDSM scene I've ever witnessed in my life. Mmm, tell me more. That match between. A match is such a fucking overstatement. Between Breeze and Louis is going <laughs> to stick with me forever. <laughs> You don't get to touch Prince Pretty tonight. (laughs) I'm an English major. Maybe
1: tomorrow night if you do the dishes.
0: Yeah, I can do a close reading. I know what that means. And I'm just going. So this establishes, as far as I'm concerned, that there is an existing relationship of some kind. It is highly contentious, but it is, it seems to be canon in some way. (laughs) And that it is... A very intense BDSM dynamic that they have entered into, wherein they play publicly, and it is intense. It's like, not only will I shame you and tell people that you will never be loved, but then I will do a beauty shot on you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, this is some fucking shit. What is this? So yeah, it's, wow.
1: Tell me if you disagree with this. I think what really puts it over the edge is the fact that like in a normal wrestling segment that's set up like this, you might have Breeze saying all those things to Louis, and he's just like running him down, running him down, running him down. And then like the payoff for the segment is that Louis snaps and attacks him and like beats the crap out of him or does a big, huge move to him and or, you know, and wins or at least like, you know, looks like he might win for a moment and the crowd gets into it. no. The payoff for it is the (laughs) breeze.
0: That's not what happens with subs and doms. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Dom doesn't yell at you until you snap and then suplex them. That's not how that works. This is clearly a scene.
1: No, dom yells at you and then hits you.
0: Yes, exactly. So I'm like, this is a scene that we have now had in NXT, I guess.
1: That was really how I felt about it, too, is, like, the verbal running down is one thing, but the fact that Breeze is then the one to take down Louis and beat him in, like, one move, that was just really, okay, now we are officially very firmly in Shame King territory.
0: Yeah, it was extraordinary. And then also I love the fact that afterwards Marcus Louis, like, leaves the performance center, which I was, like... Is he just so deep in subspace at this point that he's like, well, I just have to wander out into the night now. Like nobody's here to (laughs) stop me. I've never been happier in my life. It's extremely weird, but it was so beautiful and I was very happy that it happened. Indeed, Miles, what did your human heart feel?
1: I know I already said this, but I just love Kevin Owens. I just, I'm so excited about Kevin Owens, but I already said it. So I don't know if I should just talk more. I, I can't. I'm going to wait to talk more about how much I love Kevin Owens for a later date. Just to quickly expand on what you were talking about with Louie. Uh-huh. One thing that my human heart felt in this episode, you know, we've talked sort of about how he's blaming the fans for all of this, right? Uh-huh. He's making us complicit in his shame. Yes. <laughs> and it's interesting because, like, the segments now have gotten past the point the the audience was initially behind him during the Laforte thing, but now it's gotten so weird and gone for so long that they're kind of playing into it. So like when you hear when they come back from commercial and Louis is walking out of the arena, you can hear the crowd chanting na 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 nah. hey, hey, hey goodbye. So they're kind of getting into the shaming of him. Yeah. It's... <laughs> and there's this moment when he's standing in the middle of the ring like, and absorbing the crowds. I think it was the this is awkward shit. And there's this moment and the camera cuts away weirdly fast, but he looks into the hard cam and it's like he's <laughs> judging you. You did this to me, viewer at home. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> How is this weird fucking storyline so bizarrely compelling? I don't understand it.
0: I know. For a hair versus hair match that was, what, at the last takeover.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: This has been going on since then (laughs) and has, frankly, gotten more interesting, which is not what I thought would happen with this. (laughs) I think it may have peaked,
1: though. It may have. We'll find out. Don't worry. At least, you know, we'll find out some stuff. Those were the sights, sounds, and feels of pro wrestling. I think it's time now, Bob, to hand out our Lawrence Bolivier Award for Outstanding Commitment to the Bit.
0: I think we're going to be in agreement on this. All
1: right, Bob, who gets your Borents? Tyson Kid. Oh, no, we are not in agreement on this.
0: Oh, okay. It's... (sighs) I remember whenever he first started being like Shitty Husband Man. Uh-huh. And I loved him as Shitty Husband Man. And then the it's like, oh, yay, the return of Shitty Husband Man. <laughs> and I was so excited for it. And especially <laughs> that he was like, no, I don't have time to hug you. I need to go FaceTime the cats. That was such a fucking good line to leave on.
1: Yeah, it's true.
0: I was over the fucking moon. Tyson Kidd... Does not get enough credit. I think n- has never gotten enough credit, as far as I'm aware of, in WWE. Mm-hmm. It is a goddamn shame. I am so glad that we were watching this NXT from this period, because I'm like, no, this man is a goddamn genius.
1: Yeah, he just nails this character. He does this character so well.
0: Oh, uh, so great. Miles, who's getting your Barnes Olivier Award?
1: I mean, I have to give it to the Vaughn villains. I don't know how you can commit to the bit more than making a fucking short film. I love the line of the end where the announcer is like, no Lucha Dragons were harmed in the making of this film. <laughs> but at NXT TakeOver Our Evolution, the Lord Villains make no such promises. I just loved it. I also feel like they kind of, like, okay, put it this way. Either somebody screwed up the timing of these, or they just did it wrong. Because I feel like... They should have had these run first. Spoiler, there's more coming, these oh, short films. Oh, okay, okay. There's one more, I'm pretty sure, coming. They should have run these on the episodes before the weird angle where they brought the guys out and beat them up. And like oh. where they're dressed like... Because that would have made sense, it would have been like, okay, they're coming out here, like, these guys think they're coming out here for a fucking cast party or something, right? Like, yeah, we just okay. made these movies together, and that's why they just come out not suspecting anything about, you know, the VOD villain's about to, you know, beat the shit out of them, because they're like, they collaborated on this project.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know. I just feel like that should have been how it went, and I feel like that might have been um, accidental. But, regardless... The fact that they have to train beforehand and Simon Gotch is like boxing with the stock footage bear. Like, <laughs> it's just it's just so good. They deserve the
0: award this time. They're wonderful. I love them so much.
1: Well, there was no wrestling term of the week on the last episode, so we don't get to hear any of Bob's fanfics this time around, but we will on our next one because it is now time for this episode's wrestling term of the week. And this episode's wrestling term of the week is Loser Leaves Town.
0: <gasps> OK.
1: Loser Leaves Town or Loser Leaves Raw or Loser Leaves WWE or whatever is a specific match stipulation that is exactly what it sounds like. The loser has to leave the show or the promotion. At least that's how it works within the fiction of wrestling. Now, Sami Zayn versus Adrian Neville isn't technically a Loser Leaves Town match. At least not yet. Anything could happen on the next episode. But Zayn has declared that he's done with NXT if he loses, so it bears some similarities. And the reason I wanted to talk about Loser Leaves Town is because I want to talk about what leaving means in wrestling, because it's a little bit relevant to the upcoming TakeOver main event. So Loser Leaves Town was a popular conceit in the territorial era prior to the rise of WWE, and it's easy to understand why. With a diverse set of wrestling promotions all over the country, there are many reasons why a wrestler would want to leave their current promotion and go to a new one, and many places to go if you were to, say, get fired in order to put somebody over on your way out the door. So in that context, Loser Leaves Town makes sense, and the match outcomes were often unpredictable because there was no way of knowing which one of the people could be leaving. In the post-WWE era, outside of the rare years where Vince has had real competition, Loser Leaves Town makes less sense. And in the modern world, one would think it would also be more predictable. After all, if there's only one game in town, it's hard to keep your belief suspended for that kind of match, especially when one or more participants are like big stars who aren't going anywhere. Or in a case like this one, where you, Megan Bob, know that Sami Zayn... <sighs> is wrestling with WWE to this day. As a result, the stipulation is less popular than it used to be, though it was revitalized somewhat when WWE split their roster into two, one for Raw and Mm. one for SmackDown. In those days, it was a little bit more common to do Loser Leaves Raw or Loser Leaves SmackDown matches because whoever lost could just show up on the other show, and it was actually a decent way of mixing up the rosters from a narrative perspective. Okay. Now, in theory, I'm not saying this will happen at any point in our coverage. I'm also not saying it won't. I'm not saying anything one way or another. But in theory, it would also be a decent way of transitioning someone from NXT to the main roster. Mm. They lose this kind of match. They have to leave NXT. They show up on Raw. It makes sense. But there are other reasons to book such a match, even when you're not planning to transition the loser to a different show. Sometimes you do it because you need to write a wrestler off TV for a while, maybe due to a lingering injury Maybe just to give them a break. One of the most recent Loser Leaves Town matches happened just a couple of years ago in WWE when Sonya Deville needed the break from wrestling after a stalker broke into her house while she was there. Oh, yeah. Or you might also just do it for story reasons. I mean, sure, the loser has to leave town, but you're in charge of the narrative. If you want to come up with a reason for them to come back to town, you can do that. Whatever. You tell your story in the process. So the bottom line is that there are many, many reasons to book a match with this kind of stimulation. From simply giving the match more stakes to dealing with a legitimate issue behind the scenes. And there are many ways this kind of match can play out. And I'm only telling you this because on the next episode, I am going to make you pick who's winning between Sammy and Neville at TakeOver on the next episode of our show. Okay. and I don't want you thinking, well, obviously, Sammy's not losing because I know he doesn't leave WWE. I'm not saying he's going to lose. I'm just letting you know, in the spirit of fair play, that in a Loser Leaves Town match, pretty much anything is on the table. Okay. so there you go. That was Loser Leaves Town.
0: Thank you.
1: Come back next episode to hear Bob's fanfic where somebody presumably will leave town. Speaking of leaving town, it's about time for us to get out of here as well. (laughs) Ha ha. But we can't leave until we complete the cheap pop quiz. Megan Bob now rolling in with five whole points all of a sudden in this edition.
0: 50% of a (laughs) romance.
1: All right. Question number one. So, Bob, the good news in the NXT women's division on the next episode. Is that we get a match featuring a wrestler who is very good, but who won't become an NXT regular for years and in fact won't be seen again for a long time after this. Huh. Which wrestler would that be? Is it A, Mia Yim, B, Shayna Baszler, C, Candice LeRae, D, Dakota Kai, or E, Rhea Ripley?
0: Mm, I'm going to say Mia Yim.
1: Okay. Question number two. The bad news in the NXT women's division is that somebody backstage has officially noticed the ratchet chants, And now one wrestler is actively encouraging the crowd (gasps) to chant that word at Sasha Banks, while another wrestler calls Sasha that name directly. Oh no. Which two wrestlers perform those respective acts? So the first one encourages the crowd. Second one calls Sasha ratchet. Is it a Bailey and Charlotte B Charlotte and Bailey. C. Charlotte and Alexa Bliss. D. Alexa Bliss and Becky Lynch. Or E. Alexa Bliss and Tyler Breeze.
0: I see it more likely as Charlotte would call her that, and Mm -hmm. Bailey would be the one doing the crowd stuff. Okay,
1: so Bailey does the crowd stuff and Charlotte calls for that. So that's A, Bailey and Charlotte.
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: Okay. I hate it. I hate it so much. All right, and question number three. The great news, just overall, is that, as I mentioned, there's another villain silent film on the next episode. Fuck yeah. Last time, those dastardly lucha dragons were trying to rob a bank with dynamite. What are they up to this time? <laughs> is it A, putting sand in the gas tank of the mayor's car? <sighs> B. Selling fake lottery tickets to the elderly. (sighs) C. Replacing the head of a famous town statue with a new head that has a luchador mask. (sighs) D. Dropping water balloons off the roof of City Hall. Or E. Running a story in the local paper with the headline, "Vaude Villains Secretly Sissies.
0: I'm very charmed by the putting sand in the mayor's casting. (laughs) That's just so fucking cute. Is that your answer? Yeah, I mean, if you get the chance to put sand in p- pretty much the car of most elected officials, you probably should. <laughs>
1: probably should take that. I agree. Couldn't agree more.
0: I Not all of them, but probably most of them you should. <laughs> just a pro tip, keep a little sand in your pocket just in case.
1: Always a good idea. Pocket sand. Ah! That's it for that edition, and come back on the next episode to see if Bob got any more points on that edition of the Cheap Pop Quiz. Well, that does it for another episode of The Next Wrestling Fan, Megan Bob. As always, thank you so much for joining me for 80 episodes.
0: Oh my god, that's true. 80. 80! That's... 8-0. Our podcast is getting old.
1: I know. We used to do, like, all those jokes about, like, oh my gosh, we turned 21, we can drink and stuff, (laughs) and now I don't think we really do them anymore, because it would just be like, oh, we turned 80, we're staring down the face of our own mortality, (laughs) I guess? I don't know.
0: (laughs) We're making sure we get a lot of fiber, we're, like, power walking (laughs) at the mall... You know. (laughs) That's right.
1: Absolutely. Living our best life.
0: Doing all the sensible things. We have a retirement community. We play a lot of bingo, that kind of thing.
1: You know what? You're right. I shouldn't be ageist. There are plenty of positive ways to spin turning 80. So. Dude. I don't want to be that person.
0: Look, there was some articles not that long ago that were about the rise of STIs at retirement communities and nursing homes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because they're like ain't nobody getting pregnant who cares just fuck and everybody's like no but you could still and they're like well the fuck i care and like you go old people
1: <laughs> i'm sorry this is such a this is such a diversion there's a song by a group like called the whitest kids you know
0: oh yes i've heard of them
1: had a song i think it's called let's go to the old folks home and like (laughs) it's like kind of about how you should like spend more time with the elderly people in your life Mm -hmm. but it's more about how the elderly people have access to all kinds of drugs that you can go have fun with them and (laughs) and just get completely fucked up so
0: they're into that shit too i mean absolutely look old people want to drop acid and fuck (laughs) this is (laughs) this is what they into Don't we all... I know. Look, people are worried about the Zoomers and stuff and like, no, man, you be keeping an eye on those fucking baby boomers. They'll get up to some shit. There's
1: an argument to be made that you would have to drop acid to want to be a patron of this show. (laughs) Okay. I'm not saying I would make that argument. I'm just saying... This is a bold transition you're making. Go on. I'm just saying you could do it if you would be like, you fucking, you give them money, but people do. And we really appreciate you. All of you who've gone over to Patreon.com slash fan, kicked over a couple bucks to uh, help us keep this show going. We just really can't appreciate you more. No. If not for you, the show would literally no longer be going because my life is insane. (laughs) Yeah. And if we weren't able to pay Lucas, there would be no show, or at least there would be no, be no me on the show.
0: Yeah, I'm concerned, frankly, about how Miles and I are going to find time to record. That alone is a concern of mine, but we will find it. We'll work it out. I don't know how or when.
1: We'll work it out, but we can only do that because we were able to pay Lucas to edit now. So
0: Yeah, amen to that. Lucas is a angel, a perfect He is a beautiful pie cooling on a windowsill that draws us all in with his magnificence.
1: He really is. Thank you to him for doing all of the work. And thank you to all of you for making it possible. If you'd like to become a patron, you get early access to the shows. Usually there were some hiccups with that for a while, but I think we're back on schedule now. You get your NXT Wrestling Fan Federation character Mm -hmm. that we do for you. And we have all kinds of fun. Oh, man. And we'll continue to have all kinds of fun with those characters going forward. We
0: also have, for the people who are at one of the high tiers, if you're there for a while, you get art of your character. Oh oh my god the art is yeah. amazing sidereal constellation and watership doom came out unfucking believable so gorgeous so gorgeous yeah
1: really incredible stuff from that so again go ahead and go over to do that if you want to support us help us out and if you don't or can't that's also completely oh, fine yeah, we valid. love and appreciate you no matter what no matter how much money you give us or indeed if you give us any money at all money is fake and capitalism sucks so who really cares <laughs> It's just that we have to operate within the system. So, (laughs) anyway.
0: (laughs) Look, this is just a tick Miles has. He can't help it. Don't worry about it. I
1: can't help it. It just gets like, it just happens. I have no control over it. Wanted to just quickly mention I've been watching a lot of wrestling recently. A lot of wrestling. Still not the biggest fan of aew That's as Megan bob knew i wouldn't be oh yeah before i got this job i remember saying something to you about like oh yeah something some over there is kind of interesting i might watch it and you were like no don't do that
0: no it's not for you it is categorically <laughs> not for miles and that is just what aew is yeah it is 15 percent miles acceptable the rest of it absolutely miles cannot have and that is okay
1: I'm into The Acclaimed, and that's about it these days.
0: Aw, I like Death Triangle.
1: I mean, Death Triangle's great.
0: I'm sad how it went down, but I do love them. And Swerve in Our Glory is also good. There's good things, but you just don't ever get enough of them. And that's kind of how it is.
1: Good tag teams. Good tag teams. The main event picture, I could not give a shit about. We are a few days away from All Out, and I cannot tell you how much I don't care about watching that show.
0: I mean, anything to get William Regal on commentary, because William Regal has been established is desperate to get into Excalibur's pants, and that's extremely (laughs) important to myself, the nation. I don't know.
1: Also, yeah. No, that's true. That's a good point. That's a very good point. I have been watching a lot of WWE as well. It's definitely more for me since Vince went down the tubes. I have been particularly enjoying what's been happening with Sami Zayn Mm. and Kevin Owens recently on WWE programming, and it is just so fortuitous That we are a couple episodes now away from our evolution, where Zayn is main eventing and Owens is debuting, and on that episode, we're going to get a ton really deep into their history with an amazing guest that we have coming up. Yeah. Just absolutely incredible.
0: The greatest guest of the worlds, maybe?
1: The best guest that we've ever had. Certainly no shade on anyone we've we've had on as a guest before, but...
0: No, this is just a statement of like, look... Some people are a force of nature in a specific area, and we captured a spirit of the wrestling world. It's extraordinary. We're very
1: excited about that, and I just, like, it's so amazing that as we approach that episode, in real time, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are in a storyline again together and appear to be inching slowly closer and closer back to maybe being a team. I don't want to even put it out there because I don't want to jinx it because it hasn't happened yet. But oh boy, as you're listening to this, you know, we got SmackDown coming up on Friday and we got the pay-per-view on Saturday. So anything could have happened by the time non-$5 and up patrons hear this. Anything could have happened between the two of them. I don't actually know. I'm just like really excited It's the best storyline WWE has going right now.
0: Maybe they're going to kiss.
1: Maybe they will. You never know.
0: Look, if fan fiction has taught me anything, it's that (laughs) that could happen at any time for literally any reason.
1: Bob, what's going on with you these days? You got stuff to plug? You've been watching some stuff?
0: I've been watching the waveforms because I've been editing some hard choices. And Mm. as you listen to this you will be able to go to the Hard Choices feed, both the Patreon and the regular feed that's out in the wild for the general public who are brave enough. Indeed. And find out about the Muppets. (laughs) Now, I know what you're thinking. I don't want to do that. No. Buddy, I can assure you, you do. You really, really do. Uh, Chris Newton said some things that he can't take back. I mean... (laughs) It's just out there for anybody. Took some swings and uh, it's beautiful. James D'Amato also made some impassioned odes, really, to some of the characters. We all went on a journey. Chris from Unspoiled. Oh, wow. Unspoiled, who you might know of as bitches. Yep. Was there and shared things about Sam Eagle that just live (laughs) with me forever. And I cannot, I can't encourage you highly enough to go on this journey i'm not gonna tell you it's not even an episode it's an experience and it will leave you changed and all i can say <laughs> is you're welcome you're welcome for this
1: well i remember when you first like pitched all of us the idea of doing a muppets episode of hard choices and i thought you were joking oh i know and i just remember being like <laughs> "Yeah, that's funny And now you're actually doing it. And the worst part about it is that I can't wait to listen to it.
0: Yeah, that's the joy of hard choices. The worst part is I can't wait to listen to it.
1: Tagline. Yep. There it is.
0: That is the show. That is the show that I make. I know. I found three people whose passion for this subject matter was, if anything, larger than my own.
1: That's impressive. And I'm very excited. Those three people in question is just a hell of a cocktail for some some Muppet fucking.
0: Uh, Yeah, there was a point at which let's unpack that unspilled into the main area of the podcast because Chris Newton and James D'Amato couldn't contain themselves.
1: That's amazing. I can't wait to hear it. I'm so happy that all of you get to hear it. Don't forget to go sign up for the Hard Choices Patreon if you're super into that show, which you should be because it's great. Check out all of that. And with that, I think that's that's all we got.
0: Yeah, it is all we got. You know, stay hydrated and give yourself a pat on the back for being great. Absolutely! Thank you all so
1: much for listening to the show, for supporting the show, for being here with us. It's been an amazing journey; continues to be an amazing journey. And hope you come back in two weeks for a new episode of the Next Wrestling Fan.
0: Yeah.
2: The NXT Wrestling Fan is produced by Lucas Brown, with logo design by Claire Mulcairin. Special thanks to Rafael Medina for his theme song, Learn Buckle. You can follow his creative work on Twitter at EarthMofo. Also thanks to Kevin McLeod for additional music and stingers, which are licensed under Creative Commons. Find his work at incompetech.filmmusic.io. We're on Twitter and Facebook at The NXT Wrestling Fan, come talk to us! You can also follow Miles on Twitter at MJ Schneiderman and Megan Bob at Megan Bobness. The NXT Wrestling Fan is made possible thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to help us out, go to patreon.com slash nxtwrestlingfan and join our fantastic stable of contributors. They're the best. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts, and if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, feel free to email us at nxtwrestlingfan at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's an incredulous one. That's just one who's kind of like, no way, man.
1: Oh, uh, that's the that's what the Ascension said when they heard you were doing a Muppets episode of Hard Choices.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and you were like, Yeah, bitches. I uh,
0: know. Uh, uh, yeah.
2: Uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs>